he answered. They are more than fifty miles south of them, between Lady Kia and Jabela. There, by the mercy of heaven, is a good haven, for I have visited it, where we can lie till the storm is past. But we are steering for Darbazak, not for a haven near Jabela, which is a Frankish port, answered Hassan angrily. "'Then put the ship about and steer there yourself,' said Lazelle. "'And I promise you this, that within two hours every one of you will be dead at the bottom of the sea.' Hassan considered. It was true, for then the waves would strike them broadside on, and they must fill and sink. "'On your head be it,' he answered shortly. The dark fell, and by the light of the great lantern at their prow— they saw the white seas hiss past as they drove shorewards beneath bare mass, for they dared hoist no sail. All that night they pitched and rolled till the stoutest of them fell sick, praying God and Allah that they might have light by which to enter the harbor. At length they saw the top of the loftiest mountain grow luminous with the coming dawn, although the land itself was still lost in shadow, and saw also that it seemed to be towering almost over them. "'Take courage!' cried Lazelle. "'I think that we are saved!' And he hoisted a second lantern at his masthead. Why, they did not know. After this, the sea began to fall, only to grow rough again for a while as they crossed some bar to find themselves in calm water, and on either side of them what appeared in the dim, uncertain light to be the bush-clad banks of a river. For a while they ran on, till Lazelle called in a loud voice to the sailors to let the anchor go, and sent a messenger to say that all might rest now, as they were safe. So they laid them down and tried to sleep. But Rosamund could not sleep. Presently she rose, and throwing on her cloak, went to the door of the cabin, and looked at the beauty of the mountains, rosy with the new-born light, and at the misty surface of the harbour. It was a lonely place. At least she could see no town or house, although they were lying not fifty yards from the tree-hidden shore. As she stood thus, she heard the sound of boats being rowed through the mist, and perceived three or four of these approaching the ship in silence, perceived also that Lazelle, who stood alone upon the deck, was watching their approach. Now the first boat made fast, and a man in the prow rose up and began to speak to Lazelle in a low voice. As he did so, the hood fell back from his head, and Rosamund saw the face. It was that of the spy Nicholas. For a moment she stood amazed, for they had left this man in Cyprus. Then understanding came to her, and she cried aloud, "'Treachery! Prince Hassan, there is treachery!' As the words left her lips, fierce, wild-looking men began to scramble aboard at the low waist of the galley, to which boat after boat made fast. The Saracens also tumbled from the benches where they slept, and ran off to the deck where Rosamund was, all except one of them, who was cut off in the prow of the ship." Prince Hassan appeared, too, scimitar in hand, clad in his jewel turban and coat of mail, 
but without his cloak, shouting orders as he came. While the hired crew of the ship flung themselves upon their knees and begged for mercy. To him, Rosamund cried out that they were betrayed, and by Nicholas, whom she had seen. Then a great man, wearing a white burnoose, and holding a naked sword in his hand, stepped forward and said in Arabic, "'Yield you now, for you are outnumbered, and your captain is captured,' and he pointed to Lazelle, who was being held by two men, while his arms were bound behind him. "'In whose name do you bid me yield?' asked the prince, glaring about him like a lion in a trap. "'In the dread name of Sinon, in the name of the Lord Al-Jabal, O servant of Saladin.' At these words a groan of fear went up, even from the brave Saracens, for now they learned that they had to do with the terrible chief of the assassins. "'Is there then war between the Sultan and Sinon?' asked Hassan. "'Aye, there is always war. Moreover, you have one with you,' and he pointed to Rosamund, "'who is dear to Saladin, whom therefore my master desires as a hostage.' "'How knew you that?' said Hassan, to gain time while his men formed up. "'How does the Lord Sinan know all things?' was the answer. "'Come, yield, and perhaps he will show you mercy.' "'Through spies,' hissed Hassan, "'such spies as Nicholas, who has come from Cyprus before us, "'and that Frankish dog who is called a knight.' "'And she pointed to Lazelle. "'Nay, we yield not, and here, assassins, "'you have to do not with poisons and the knife.' but with bare swords and brave men. I, and I warn you, and your lord, that Saladin will take vengeance for this deed. Let him try it, if he wishes to die, who hitherto has been spared, answered the tall man quietly. Then he said to his followers, Cut them down, all save the women, for the French woman, Marie, was now clinging to the arm of Rosamund, and Amir Hassan, whom I am commanded to bring living to Masyaf. "'Back to your cabin, lady,' said Hassan, "'and remember that whatever befalls, we have done our best to save you. Ay, and tell it to my lord, that my honour may be clean in his eyes. Now, soldiers of Saladin, fight, and die as he has taught you how. The gates of paradise stand open, and no coward will enter there.' They answered with a fierce, guttural cry. Then, as Rosamund fled to the cabin, the fray began, a hideous fray. On came the assassins with sword and dagger, striving to storm the deck. Again and again they were beaten back, till the waist seemed full of their corpses. As man by man they fell beneath the curved scimitars, and again and again they charged these men who— when their master ordered, knew neither fear nor pity. But more boatloads came from the shore, and the Saracens were but few, worn also with storm and sickness. So, at last, Rosamund, peeping beneath her hand, saw that the poop was gained. Here and there a man fought on until he fell beneath the cruel knives in the midst of the circle of the dead. Among them, 
the warrior Prince Hassan, watching him with fascinated eyes as he strove alone against a host, Rosamund was put in mind of another scene, when her father, also alone, had striven thus against that emir and his soldiers, and even then she bethought her of the justice of God. See, his foot slipped on the blood-stained deck. He was down, and ere he could rise again, they had thrown cloaks over him, these fierce, silent men, who even with their lives at stake, remember the command of their captain to take him living. So living they took him, with not a wound upon his skin, who when he struck them down had never struck back at him, lest the command of Sinon should be broken. Rosamund noted it, and remembering that his command was also that she should be brought to him unharmed, knew that she had no violence to fear at the hands of these cruel murderers. From this thought, and because Hassan still lived, she took such comfort as she might. "'It is finished,' said the tall man, in his cold voice. "'Cast these dogs into the sea, who have dared to disobey the command of Al-Jabal.' So they took them up, dead and living together, and threw them into the water, where they sank, nor did one of the wounded Saracens pray them for mercy. Then they served their own dead likewise, but those that were only wounded they took ashore. This done, the tall man advanced to the cabin, and said, Lady, come, we are ready to start upon our journey. Having no choice, Rosamund obeyed him, remembering as she went how from a scene of battle and bloodshed she had been brought aboard that ship, and to be carried she knew not whither, which now she left in a scene of battle and bloodshed to be carried she knew not whither. Oh, she cried aloud, pointing to the corpses they hurled into the deep, ill has it gone with these who stole me, and ill may it go with you also, servant of all Jabal. But the tall man answered nothing, as, followed by the weeping Marie and the Prince Hassan, he led her to the boat. Soon they reached the shore, and here they tore Marie from her, nor did Rosamund ever learn what became of her, or whether or no this poor woman found her husband, whom she had dared so much to seek. End of chapter 10